0: Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Allons Geek Podcast. Hello! And uh, this is kind of a special one because when it goes up, it'll be our 12th consecutive episode, uh, you know, monthly for 12 full months. We'll have actually made it a full year of consistently sticking to a schedule.
1: (laughs) That's my poor attempt at confetti.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, um, let's see. What do we want to get
1: to first? Oh well, I know I'm particularly excited about this right here, but I know that you had some <laughs> other things you wanted to talk about.
0: Yeah. Let's see, oh, uh, I guess we should follow up on skirmish. Yes. Uh, found some issues, didn't we? <laughs> so it was a it was a fun experience for both of us because it was essentially a game we had like 6 years ago but reversed yeah <laughs> <laughs> it was a fun so that's what that feels like
1: moment but the uh, the thing we didn't account for was how powerful synergies and how powerful aura type effects become in in skirmish in skirmish
0: also that some factions are written in such a way that half of their power is lost if you're not Allegiance that faction. Yeah. <laughs> whereas your guys, uh, what are they again? The Maggot Kin of Nurgle. Yeah. Most of their strength is built into the actual units, whereas there's like six pages of faction book for uh, Stormcast that you only get if you're Allegiance
1: Stormcast. <laughs> yeah, the big thing for <laughs> Nurgle is the trees. If you're. Magikin is the trees and the cycle of corruption, which is just you roll a die at the start of the game, and then every turn the die moves one more space, and it just gets random effects hmm. on your army. But yeah, most of their power is built into the individual squads. But <laughs> we had an issue where I had a unit that had an aura effect that went off, and it was triggered by every unit that is within range of at least one model with the aura. Well, every model in Skirmish counts as a second unit. It counts as an independent unit. So if you've got one guy standing next to three guys, the effect goes off three times. (laughs) Yeah.
0: And uh, turns out without all their special allegiance Stormcast stuff, Stormcast are basically goblins (laughs) with
1: better armor saves. But not much better. <laughs> so that's that's something that we have to take into account the next time we try a skirmish game, is we've got to be really careful about, you know, using aura abilities and taking advantage of certain
0: things. Yeah, because I what I would like to try, like, ideally, is using the list that I threw together of everything that has an aura ability <laughs> in Stormcast against those same guys to see... How it plays out differently, and also then try one using essentially the same th- like group of models that I had in our first game, but actually applying some of the Stormcast
1: Allegiance stuff to them. <laughs> yeah, because that was that was a brutal game. I felt I felt really bad at the end of that game, as I think I like like you got into melee, and then nothing, and happened. then and then just died like you almost killed like you, you you did four out of seven wounds on my leader and then he healed everything because <laughs> he got a. Uh, I can't remember what it was like. like he got one kind of heal because he got he got three points of healing off of Yeah, it was the, one
0: ability that heals one wound and then another that does a d3 yeah and you got three yeah
1: <laughs> And so he went from over half-dead to completely alive while standing next to your leader, who was almost dead. <laughs> yeah. It was not pretty. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it was not.
0: <laughs> and then I went and I dug up all the war scrolls for the different uh, ogre stuff that I have, and they have exactly the same problem as Stormcast. They don't have any abilities built into them. They're just a stat block. Now, they're a really beefy stat block, but... They're not a whole lot beefier than the, cast. the Stormcast Eternals are. Right, because they're only three wounds each. Yeah, they have they have one more wound, but they have an inferior armor save. Yeah. And I think they get one more melee attack,
1: but that's basically it. I think their <laughs> big bonus is that I think all of their attacks have a base damage of two.
0: No. Okay, I, think I might be thinking <laughs> of something else then. Okay. That might be true for the Beast Claw Raiders, who are all the big ogre stuff, but the basic ogre, ogre dudes, balls. yeah, the regular old ogres, they're only, numerically, they are Stormcast Eternals with a one-point shift either up or down on a couple of stats. Gotcha. They're Iron Fist things that used to just be counted as a shield, so it improved their armor save by one. Back in 8th Ed, <laughs> it now doesn't do anything for their armor save, but if you roll a 6 on your 5 plus armor save, then they deal a mortal wound to whatever attacked them. So it's like
1: the Corn Berserker gore fists. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: So it, I mean, it's nice if it goes off. Yeah. But the big benefit of it was that it used to make your ogres a lot more durable.
1: <laughs> Yeah, there are very few shields that actually increase the durability. I like yeah. like the way that they used to. I think,
0: yeah, uh, all the ones that I've actually seen either have some completely different mechanical effect, like the iron fists, or they give you a reroll.
1: Yeah, if you roll a one, uh, it's mostly. I know the every. I think it's almost every shield in the Beasts of Chaos book gives a plus one to the armor save. Not a plus one, but it increase it improves the armor save by one. Hmm. But because it because it because there's a difference between it has a four up save and gets a plus one to <laughs> yeah this armor saves. I but, did
0: like that it takes up a lot less space. Skirmish.
1: And the game was really quick. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it was <laughs> super quick, Jake. Okay, disregarding the, the curb stopping, disregarding the curb stopping, even the first turn where we didn't actually get into contact with each other. Yes, the the the. Small number of models makes the turns go a lot faster and makes the, you know, if, if 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 you even if you had an evenly matched game, you're you're looking at maybe half an hour forty five minute
0: game. Yeah. Now, granted, we were both using factions that had very high point models. Yeah. So we had a below average number of models uh, compared to what you might have if you were using like Skaven, Skaven or, you know
1: some kind of undead but then the issue with small point cost models you know yeah you can have a whole bunch of them and you can throw bodies at somebody but the problem there is that those factions tend to their their strategy tends to be throw the little things at the enemy so that you can get your big stuff into into position well if you don't have big stuff to get into position
0: yeah well and also there may be a mechanical issue with them in that Things like, you know, Skaven Slaves and Night Goblins, uh, whatever they're called now. Yeah. Um, mechanically, you typically throw a massive unit of wimpy little dudes at something to just hold it in place. Yeah. But when every unit is reduced to a single model, I suspect that the strength of numbers doesn't do anything to help you in that case. <laughs> It's it's either going to be very good for you or very bad for you. And Depending I'm not on sure how which it go. is,
1: I, I think it really just depends on how you play. Yeah.
0: Well, and like back in eighth ed, you used to get bonuses to your leadership once you had a large enough number of models.
1: But you don't get. And that so
0: experience. that's what kept your you know night goblins in the game was that sure your opponent could slaughter. 10 of them in a turn but if you had a unit of 60 of them they didn't care
1: yeah (laughs) but when everything's a single model with like a 4 leadership (laughs) and that's one of the problems for skirmish for the small models is most of them have a special rule that's you know if you have a unit like like if this unit has more than 10 models it gets this effect or like I I want to say it's like Skaven it's like every 10 points every 10 guys adds something to the squad yeah and so it, you lose that ability yeah. when you have single, yes, so th- there's model units.
0: Definitely a lot of at in at you know unit level rules that, in order to actually balance everything against everything else, you would have to change the rules to count. You know, the total number of models from this war scroll rather than number of models in the unit. Yeah. And things like that. And similarly, like, you would probably have to turn down, you know, nerf, like, the maggot can guys. To where it's, you know, you, for the purposes of that rule, they are all just one unit and you pick the point
1: at which the, the yeah. aura counts. Because auras get weird, and then, like we have said units that have a X number of models gets this effect. Yeah. <laughs> Those get crippled. Yeah. The... <laughs> like, there are certain armies that are better suited to the balance of Skirmish than others. Yeah. Uh, one of them being the uh, the Ideneth Deepkin. Uh, they don't lose a whole lot by being not Ideneth Deepkin... Um, allegiance, mm-hmm. but they also ha- don't have any units that get better based on the number of models in the unit. Ah. They get better. Now, they have a melee unit that gets better based on what it's fighting, mm-hmm. but it's based on the wounds characteristic of what it's fighting. Ah, Not the nice. mo- number of models. So, it's if you have. So, that's something
0: that actually stays linear yeah. uh, when you scale it to
1: per model rather than per unit. Yeah, they get extra attacks if they're fighting one wound models and they get extra damage if they're fighting four wound models
0: oh, nice so yeah, it's a uh, it's definitely a, a format that
1: needs some work yeah <laughs> which which to be fair man. it was released as a supplement in a white dwarf book huh. which means that it was basically a community-wide free play test yeah so um while
0: it didn't really put me off of Age of Sigmar. I'm a little bit
1: off of Skirmish <laughs> and I'm much more excited for Warcry. <laughs> yeah. I would say one thing that we should probably consider if we want to do if we ever want to try Skirmish again in the future is take advantage of the fact is that we should not limit ourselves to a single faction. Because by limiting ourselves to a single faction, we lose the one benefit of Skirmish, which is you can take models from any Every guy. faction within yeah. the Grand Alliance. So, you know, <laughs> using Order as an example, you could have some Stormcasts, some Fire Slayers, some Witch Elves. If only my old High Elves actually had War Scrolls. <laughs> but the, uh.
0: All those Lothar Sea Guards sitting around with nothing <laughs> to do.
1: <laughs> but the, um I guess I can be an Archer or a Spearman. <laughs> but it gives, um. A lot more tactical flexibility when you can mix and match because when you just say yeah i'm playing order but i'm really playing stormcast but i'm really playing order is (laughs) all you get is a bunch of guys that you know they're tough and they move okay but they don't get any real benefit from being yeah (laughs) so it, it, it might be a good idea in the future to mix factions from the same brand alliance yeah
0: which I could decently do that with destruction, because I have a bunch of ogres and orcs and goblins, but...
1: And yeah. I can do that with death, because I've got some night haunt and some other Legions in the Gash stuff.
0: <laughs> Alright, so... I think that's enough skirmish. Yeah. <laughs> um, yes, the book. Yes, the book.
1: <laughs> the thing we're looking at. <laughs> so, I picked up uh, the Imperium Nihilus Vigilus Ablaze campaign book this weekend. And I haven't gotten through all of it yet, but I've at least skimmed most of the portions. And it is really cool. <laughs> <laughs> so the first chunk of it is the narrative bit. It's it's saying, you know, this is what has happened in the War for Vigilus. Or for 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 this part of the war because whereas the first book Vigilus Defiant focuses on what they call the War of Beasts. Which is the battles between uh, the Imperium and the Gene Stealer Cults and the Orcs with Eldar shenanigans going on? <laughs> yes,
0: the the previous two
1: player sets, yeah.
0: worth of games
1: and the Kill Team starter sets. <laughs> since everything that's come out since uh, I think it started with Kill Team and everything that's come out since Kill Team has been referring to Vigilus.
0: Yeah, well, even Wake the Dead was technically I think Wake the Dead was technically the first part of the story because that's where the uh, Eldar.
1: Fight yeah. happens, but the uh, but yeah, So so, Vigilus has been getting crapped on by all kinds of stuff for the last like <laughs> several years in the fluff. <laughs> uh, they've been fighting against Gene Stealer Cult Insurrection. A bunch of orcs showed up and started mucking stuff up. Uh, drove around in circles for a while, <laughs> and they're still driving around in circles because they still haven't killed the war boss. Orc destruction derby, yeah, basically, which. It was kind of a tempting game
0: for for a minute. But I managed to resist.
1: <laughs> but the uh, but then the Eldar showed up. the the Dark Eldar or Jukari have been uh, doing their run out of the dark and steal slaves thing. <laughs> and then the uh, the Eldar from I think it's Samhan have been taking their vengeance on the nobility of Vigilus. Yes and so that was wake the dead <laughs> yeah that was wake the dead um and then at the tail end of the war of beasts uh the chaos space marine raptor lord Harkin world claimer showed up and said that uh abaddon would be here to claim the planet in 80 days and sure enough 80 days later abaddon's fleet translates out of warp space <laughs> to go hey guys and thus begins the war of nightmares which is what vigilous ablaze focuses on <laughs> Oh, well, that sounds like a wonderful time. So they haven't stopped fighting the Gene Stealers or the Orcs or anything. In fact, there's a there's a great bit in the book where uh, Kalgar realizes that they can't take this one city, so they lure the Chaos Space Marines out. Like they, they start fighting them and then do a fighting retreat to get out into the open. And that draws the attention of the orcs. <laughs> and so as they're doing their fighting retreat, they notice the orcs coming in, and then they just bail for their transports and leave, and so the Chaos guys are just out in the middle of nowhere, and then all of a sudden an orc speed was is coming up on them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> I do remember reading something about that. The, basically, the, the Imperial forces on Vigilus wind up kind of... Using their various enemies against each other.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Because because they're so... That's the only way. (laughs)
0: Yeah, they're... they're, You can't fight them all at the same time, but you can't really
1: get any of them on your side. (laughs) And it doesn't help that they've been on the back foot since the fight began. Like, like the War of Nightmares (laughs) opens with Marnius Calgar almost dying, and the Imperial Fleet defending Vigilus getting crippled. So, they have... Like, Abaddon has control of the skies. And... The Imperium's just been on the back foot for I think it's like like the first six to eight months of the war they're on the back foot, and it and it looks like they're going to lose and it's just been like a couple of where I'm at it's just been a couple of clever plays that have kept the Imperium in the fight, hmm. but it is not. More or wise good. that's
0: pretty much always the story. Though.
1: Yeah, <laughs> but they were already basically worn down by the by the. Uh, the the, the War of the Beasts and they haven't had a chance to recover from that because technically that's not even over and then all of a sudden thousands of Chaos Space Marine ships show up in system and start dropping everything they have because it's not just the Black Legion he's he's called in favors from Renegade Warbands, he's called in other Traitor Legions so there's like a Night Lord's Detachment a Wordbearer's Detachment, an Alpha Legion Detachment, Iron Warriors the Red Corsairs, the Purge uh, the scourged, the brazen beasts. There's, there's, there's something like everybody. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's a buttload of guys. It's, it, it's like he basically just took everybody that was hanging around Cadia and said, "Call your friends. We're going to Vigilus.
0: <laughs> Party at Vigilus."
1: <laughs> and it was. Uh, there's a, a lot going on. Like he's, he's, he showed up in full force to claim it, and it's basically just been he didn't realize how many orcs were there Mm -hmm. and because (laughs) nobody ever does. Yeah. (laughs) And because the, um, the gene stealer cults have been running their psychic interference where they're masking themselves. Mm -hmm. They didn't realize there was a gene stealer cult on the planet. So they showed up expecting to just kick the crap out of some Imperials. And then they get there and it's like, Oh, there's a, Bunch of gene stealers here too. <laughs> We're caught
0: between like five armies,
1: actually. <laughs> so that's actually kind of been the the funny thing is, is if it wasn't for the War of Beasts, the Imperium would have already lost.
0: Yeah, I, I seem to remember reading that there's one whole hive city that the Imperium just abandoned, like let the gene stealers have yeah. because they can defend it better than the Empire can, and. Chaos is coming.
1: Yeah. There's so <laughs> so there's like, we'll deal with whoever's left. <laughs> there's one city that they abandoned to the gene stealers because they just they just couldn't hold it. And there's one the the the, the upper spires, they just set fire to. Because they <laughs> they 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 they're, they're, they were literally trying to smoke out the raptors that were hanging out there just like hunting people up there. And so they're just like we're just going to set fire to the top like 30 stories of the hive and if they want to, you know, choke to death in the smog, they're welcome to.
0: <laughs> and you can't uh, make things too unpleasant for the Drakari to endure.
1: <laughs> Ooh, and your sensation it yeah, is. Like, <laughs> yeah. That being said, I have a feeling that the minute Slaaneshi demons showed up on Vigilus, the Eldar started, like, <laughs> backing up a little bit.
0: In all the Stories I've read, that's when the Drakari actually get serious and decide to start, like, taking careful aim. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, actually make an effort rather than just, I'm just trying to draw out as much pain so I can stay alive. <laughs> like, oh no, something that looks like it comes from She Who Thirsts.
1: Kill it. I actually kill it, kill try it. to kill this. <laughs> But the uh, so the first chunk of it is just about the fluff, like the stuff that's going on on the planet, uh, the events of the war. There's there's some pretty cool, crazy stuff that happened. Abaddon used a crazy gravity weapon to mess up the orbit of everything around Vigilus. (laughs) Lovely. Uh, He basically created a tiny a a singularity the size of a pinprick in between Vigilus and its moon, Hmm. and so it pulled everything that wasn't nailed down towards it, including (laughs) the imperial ships. (laughs) So the, uh, the, the, there was actually kind of a funny bit from the story, just in a, in a dark way, is there's the leftover Imperial ships and then all the Chaos ships. And then all of a sudden, all the Chaos ships break off from the battle and turn around. And everyone's like, like what, what are they doing? And then one person figures out, hang on, every single one of them is pointing away from this weird storm feature that's been on the planet forever. They're all pointing <laughs> away from it. And it almost as soon as she figures that out, Abaddon fires the weapon, which is centered in that storm. Yeah. Um, and so, as soon as it fires, all of the chaos ships fire their thrusters. Yeah. And so, they're able to fight off the Gravitic effects. The Imperial ships didn't know what was going on, so they all get slammed into each other, and it just destroys what was left of the Imperial fleet in orbit. Yep. <laughs> but, starting, looks like yeah, 110 pages into the book. Okay. So the first 100 and... It's actually 108 pages because there's a two-page spread. But so the first <laughs> round... Uh, 107. Round 100 pages worth of... Fluff. Fluff. Cool. Uh, then it starts the campaign book, or the campaign section. Okay. Which, if you run a full campaign, is organized into the phases of the War of Nightmares, mm-hmm. of which there are three. And then each phase is broken up into six rounds. Okay, and each round has special rules that give specific bonus uh, like like bonus glory points to determine who wins at the end of the campaign uh, if you accomplish certain goals. So like the first round of the first phase, um, chaos battle forged armies that only include models with the chaos keyword get an extra command point, okay? Uh, And then you add one to the leadership characteristic of Imperium units while there are any enemy chaos units on the battlefield. Okay. Um, And then you earn an extra five glory points each time you play the On the Bridge mission or the Contact Lost mission. (laughs) And you earn an extra glory point each time you use the spaceship battle zone that's included in this book. Ooh, cool. Cool. And then each round has things like that, where it's just like special flavor stuff. That's cool. But then it also adds special little events that can occur over the course of battles and campaign rounds and everything. Mm-hmm. And then new narrative missions that have to do with the events that occurred in the battle. So like from an unexpected quarter is... You know, um, you have a defender that's. I set only in the see one battle.
0: deployment zone, yeah. and it's in the middle. <laughs> yep, that's the defender zone, and then the
1: attackers are all in reserves, and they just, just come in, walk
0: on, from whatever direction they yeah. want. That's nice.
1: Allies of convenience, <laughs> but they just have a bunch of these new narrative battle z- structures, and that's then cool. the and then each one has like special stratagems and deployment zones and everything, hmm. and then the battle zones are not maps, but there's special rules kind of like the kill zones in kill team. Ah. That get tacked on to they get tacked on to the whatever events you're playing. So mm-hmm. like for example, the battle zone spaceship, players cannot use any units with the flyer battlefield role in this battle zone hmm. because they're oh, now, so this is like inside a spaceship. Yeah, cuz it's inside a spaceship. Okay. So like you could have jump pack troops, but you can't have like a Helldrick. <laughs> Because you're inside a spaceship. Oh, okay. Can't have flyers in that sense. Okay, yeah, yeah. They can have the fly keyword, but they can't have the flyer <laughs> battlefield role. Okay. That makes far more sense. <laughs> and then it says in addition, models cannot be set up in locations such as high altitude, trans- high altitude transports, low orbit, clinging to an airborne Harridan, or any other location that suggests the unit would descend from the skies or burrow from underground. <laughs> because you're in a spaceship, you can't burrow up from underground. So you have to actually pay attention to what your deep strike keyword says it is, because if your deep strike says that you're, you know, up in space and you're dropping onto the ship like a a jump trooper or a storm trooper for Imperial Guard, you can't do that. (laughs) (laughs) Mandrakes still work fine, though. They (laughs) they step out of the shadows, out of Elendrock. (laughs) Yeah. But the uh, so like then it says like you know locations like teleportarium chambers alternate dimensions or similar locations you know that those are okay yeah. but other stuff uh, then it has low ceilings which is that you can't use ranged weapons to target units that are not visible to the bearer so like okay. you can't use like mortars to yeah. things that fire in a para- parabolic arc <laughs> yeah you can't you can't use those to hit things you can't see because the ceiling's too low to get that arc but also each time a unit with the fly keyword moves in the movement phase you roll a d6 for the unit. And on a one, that unit suffers a mortal wound because they smash in, themselves into the ceiling or balls. Yeah. <laughs> and so that makes you really consider, like, 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 like do I really want to take jump troopers in this match? Because if I take jump troopers, there's a one in six chance I'm going to kill my dudes every time I move them. <laughs> or that I'm going to kill a guy. Because like, like, like specifically, I'm specifically thinking of like raptors and assault marines, which only have one wound. Yeah, And it's not like in earlier editions where it's like, okay, you choose to move your jump pack. No, it's it's if you move, and they have the fly keyword, you have to roll to see if you kill a guy. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. And then the last one is Stray Shots. Each time a player rolls an unmodified one for a hit roll for an attack made with a ranged weapon with a strength of seven or more, draw a straight line that starts from the center of the firing model's base and runs to the center of the base of the closest model in the target unit. Continue to draw that line until it comes into contact with a piece of terrain. Then roll a d6. On a roll of 1 to 3, all units within 3 inches of the end of the line suffer d3 mortal wounds. <laughs> as you just rip open
0: yeah. a part of the ship.
1: Ricochets or... Yeah.
0: Well, I, I, I think given
1: that it's like specified is, seven, you, it specifies strength 7, it's a hull breach.
0: Uh, yeah.
1: yeah. That would make sense. <laughs> Since you fire a gun that's big enough to take down a vehicle... <laughs> um, and then you have another one that's a perilous cavern that is similar but also has a really fun one where it's uh, there's a stratagem you can use for two command points and it's using this stratagem when you pick a unit from your army to shoot with in your shooting phase. Instead of shooting normally pick an enemy unit that is within 12 inches of the unit you picked. Roll a number of d6 equal to the number of ranged weapons in the shooting unit with a range of 12 inches or higher and a strength of 7 or higher okay. for each roll of 5 plus the enemy unit suffers one mortal wound as that unit shoots the ceiling, to cause a rock fall. <laughs> <laughs>
0: nice. So, I think they said there's supposed to be some uh, data sheets and like new
1: legion abilities. Uh, yep. So, legion options in addition to more missions and battle zone stuff. Like they, they've got they've got a lot for the campaign. Then they go into campaign. Uh, yeah. Then they go into faction rules, ah. which start with start What's with that? chaos. Well, it's just chaos in here. <laughs> <laughs> and so it has all of the new stuff that came out. Um, oh, the Master of Executions, the new Dark Apostle. But also Chaos Space Marines and Terminators. Oh, okay. And then the Havocs and the new Noctilith Crown. Hmm. Uh, but then it also has some Corn Demon stuff. So you could basically,
0: if you were willing to be fairly limited in what you were using, you could build an army. You build that's a fun. Chaos Army just using this book and not even have to buy the <laughs> the codex. Yeah. Which <laughs> is kind of nice.
1: And then it's got all of the points values and everything and all the special rules. And then it goes into the uh, specialist detachments, which are really cool. Mm. Uh, you spend a command point and select an appropriate detachment, mm-hmm. and it gets the whatever the keyword is. So, mm-hmm. like, there's a Black Legion detachment can take a Ringers of Despair, mm-hmm. which makes all of the Terminators in that unit... and. In- All of the Black Legion Terminators in that detachment become Bringers of Despair, which gets them access to new stratagems, uh, a new warlord trait, and a new relic. Ah, cool. Um, And then each of the specialist detachments gets different stuff. So, like, there's one that's based on um, heavy armor kind of stuff like heavy shooting stuff so it's like warpsmiths chaos lords havocs and obliterators
0: okay
1: there's one that is dark apostles and cultists
0: <laughs>
1: uh, there's one that's the dark apostles dark disciples masters of possession possessed and greater possessed that's demon the demon kin <laughs> um there's the soul forged pack which is warp smiths and demon engines uh the host raptorial which is legion jump pack units and, and because it's Legion Jump Pack, it means that it's also Warp Talons, not just Raptors. Ah, nice. Um, and then there's the Fallen Angels, which is just Fallen Angels, Fallen, right. fallen stuff. And then uh, a Legion of Skulls, which is a Corn Demon. Is there anything for
0: uh, A Thousand Sons?
1: Nope.
0: I <laughs> <laughs> guess they're. Uh... They're, they're busy elsewhere, yeah. probably trying to break back into the Black Library again.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, then it adds a whole set of rules for the Black Legion, like the kind of rules that a Codex would give. Uh-huh. So it's got Black Legion-specific—it's um, like it, it's got the standard Black Crusaders rule like they have in right. Chaos Space Marines, but then it gets some Black Legion stratagems, oh, okay, okay. Black Legion relics— ah. Uh, one of which is my, my, my new favorites are the uh, Angel's Bane, which is a uh, upgunned combi-bolter, and the Spine Shiver Blade, which is a power sword made from a uh, Keeper of Secrets spine. <laughs> uh, there's a new set of Black Legion Warlord traits, one of which is the Trusted War Leader, a member of Abaddon's Inner Circle, mm. and it lets you uh, roll a d6 each time you spend a command point, and on a 5-up, you get the command point back. Yeah, nice. And then some tactical objectives for the Black Legion. Cool. And then it goes into renegade stuff, so that while there's like the generic renegade Uh, rule. Yeah, the
0: generic renegade chapter rule, or you can have these. Or you can have these,
1: which are the Red Corsairs, the Crimson Slaughter, the Purge, the Flawless Host, the Brazen Beasts, and the Scourged.
0: Right. Yeah, they went over these in an article on the community page, I
1: think right before the book came out. And so there's some pretty cool ones in here. The Crimson Slaughter has a neat one because the idea for the Crimson Slaughter is that they hear voices. <laughs> they always hear the voices of the people they've killed. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And the only thing that quiets it is killing. Is killing. Yeah. So when you when uh, Crimson Slaughter units destroy an enemy unit, you roll a d6, and on a five up, you get a command point. Huh. But in addition to that, they automatically pass morale tests until the end of the turn, as the voices quiet down and they relax. And so they don't care about anything else that's gone on, because <laughs> the voices are finally quiet. Whereas the Scourged, who have constant demonic whispering in their ears, telling them like about the future and what their enemies are intending, get bonuses to shooting. Hmm. So they get to reroll one hit roll for an attack made by a model in a unit with this trait each time it shoots, and then in addition, when they fire Overwatch, they hit on a 5 instead of a 6.
0: Ooh,
1: I still like the uh, Alpha Legion trait the best. Oh, yeah. yeah the Alpha Legion trait's great. <laughs> I am Alpharius. Just take as many characters as you can. And then the um, and then they get specific warlord traits for each of those renegade chapters, and then a specific stratagem for each of those. Yeah. Probably the meanest of which is All Life is Worthless, the Purge stratagem, <laughs> Which lets them shoot into melee. <laughs> Ooh. It's just if they miss, or each time they make an unmodified hit roll of one, you resolve the attack against a friendly unit <laughs> within one inch of the target unit. <laughs> yep. But
0: I like that the that, that there are becoming more conditions now in I think both games, Age of Sigmar and Warhammer,
1: 40K, that let you do that. Yeah. <laughs> and then renegade chapter artifacts the red corsair one is a relic as a relic combi melta cool what do the brazen beasts get the brazen beasts get the demon flesh plate uh gives them a two-up armor save and they get they add one to their move and attacks characteristic Uh. the flawless host get the flawless cloak which adds one to their attacks characteristic and increases the range of their aura abilities i remember that one being in an article too
0: that's the cat hiccuping uh, ah. back over over in the other room. She's, she's got some very loud cat hiccups, which she gets all the time.
1: Yeah, the, uh, the, uh, the Angel's Bane bolt gun for Black Legion is range 24 inches and rapid fire 2, so normal combi bolter, okay. but then it's strength 5, AP minus 2, damage 2, and becomes damage 3 if it's shooting anything with the Imperium keyword. Nice. <laughs> So there's some pretty cool... Like, if you like Black Legion, like I do, there's a lot of really great stuff for Black Legion. Yeah. There. But if you play Chaos Space Marines, specifically the Chaos Space Marines Codex, not Death Guard or Thousand Sons, there's a lot of great stuff in this book for you. Yeah. I mean, if you just like fluff, there's a hundred pages of what's going on on Vigilus in the new, <laughs> you know, where, where's the war at now? And then the narrative campaign is just so cool looking. So many neat rules and ideas that you can do.
0: Yeah, it sounds like a really good supplement. My only disappointment with it is that it's only got chaos stuff in it. But adding in any more would have meant either taking something else out or making the book significantly bigger and more expensive.
1: And I think the idea that they had was like at least as far as the specialist detachments go, because Vigilist Defiant has something for every faction that's on that's listed uh, as being on Vigilist. That's what I was thinking was probably the case. So it's got it's got Imperial stuff, which as I understand it, there's some of the Imperial detachments. They're either like all space marines or all guard, but I think that there's at least one specialist detachment that is a mixed hmm. Imperial forces. Fun. I like that. But there's Imperium stuff in Vigilus Defiant. There's uh, Gene Stealer stuff. There's Orc stuff. I want to say there's Mechanicus stuff, probably.
0: So I'm guessing that story-wise, one prediction I saw did not come true, that uh, the Sisters and a bunch of uh, Black Templar did not show up. <laughs> oh, no, 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 they're there. Oh, they did? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Because um, I remember seeing somebody speculate that there was going to be a massive amount of black templars i wouldn't say massive show up because like that's a system they're supposed to have been protecting and they haven't really been seen
1: (laughs) uh let's see there's a there's a somewhere in this book i have to find it real quick so i'm just going to skip through here there's a chart that lists what's shown up (laughs) like what forces are there for the imperium what forces are there for chaos and whatnot And I want to say that there's at least one company of Black Templars, but also keep in mind that one company does not mean one company in the sense that a Codex chapter. (laughs) But let's see. We've got one Demi company of Black Templars listed here. We've got a lot of sisters. 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20. There's 20 Perceptories listed here. So speculating upon the alleged
0: 2019 release of the new sisters stuff, we might actually get them along with some more vigorous story. Yeah. Hey, the
1: Mortifactors are there.
0: Oh, cool. I haven't seen anything that references them other than the one book from quite a while ago.
1: Yeah, it looks like they have listed one demi-company of uh, Black Templars in the Vigilant system uh vigilist system but keep in mind that black templars do not adhere to codex philosophy and so one company is not necessarily a hundred guys which means that one demi company is not necessarily 50 dudes yeah so i guess vigilist did not fall i haven't finished it yet oh <laughs> i haven't finished the fluff <laughs> i'm guessing it hasn't but if i remember what i heard online like like rumor mill if the rumor mill that i read a while back is correct uh it's a stalemate uh, but it's not looking great <laughs> and it's basically only a stalemate because there's so much xenos stuff there that the imperial that the chaos has to divert their attention between yeah. imperial and the xenos <laughs> and that's the only thing that's saving Vigilus right now is that there were already xenos on planet when the chaos guys showed up <laughs> which is a wonderful delicious irony yes <laughs>
0: No, hmm. oh, sounds like Vigilous Ablaze is a pretty good purchase, whether for fluff or for just mechanics and stuff. Yeah. To uh,
1: say nothing of whether you buy it for both. <laughs> it's like, like I, I wasn't expecting to get as much, see as much fun stuff in the narrative section as I did, and I would really like to run a Vigilous campaign one of these days if I ever get the chance to, and with me moving to Dallas soon, that that's a possibility. <laughs> yeah, and that I think segues us into
0: what might be the last topic of this episode and that you're moving. Yeah. Which you know, I had been hoping around the time that this goes up to try to start doing more episodes. Like two a month. Yeah. <laughs> but I think realistically with you being in a different city, it's probably gonna be a you know Or we can manage to even keep up one a month. Yeah. (laughs) But uh I forget where I was going with this. Oh yeah, uh distance gaming. That's been something that's been on my mind. (laughs) Because I was thinking about this a few days ago. You know, there's um Jigoku for Legend of the Five Rings, so like an online simulator type thing where you can play you can build a deck cool on there and play against people. Um, Though it doesn't always resolve the card effects the way they're supposed to be, or occasionally it won't resolve one completely. Mm. Um, So there's problems there. And then, that's the only card game I really know much about uh, being playable via
1: the internet. Uh, Well... I think there's something for Magic, right? Hearthstone or something. Well, Hearthstone's a Blizzard game. Uh, Magic just has Magic Online. Oh, Magic Online. Okay. But, um, and then, of
0: course, role-playing games are getting increasingly easy to do uh, over the internet with Roll20 and... uh, I actually recently got to use D&D Beyond. Uh, Yes. It's really good. It's a really good app, um, which I think think they're supposed to be, incorpor- I can't remember if it was Roll20 or uh, D&D Beyond that's supposed to be incorporating something that facilitates actual play a bit better. Mm. Um, I want to say it was Roll20, because Roll20 is made for actually playing a game yeah. with your group online, whereas D&D Beyond is digital source books.
1: Yeah, and um, character sheets. Yes, uh,
0: though they, in, they have an alpha test going currently of... Um, an encounter builder. Cool. For it. Yeah. I just. You have to actually pay them <laughs> to be able to use the alpha test stuff. And yeah. I can't really afford to throw yet another subscription on the pile at the moment. Uh, but. Uh, the thing that I was thinking about was minis games. That's something you can't really do. I know there's been a server or two. Um, Something for Malifaux was set up a long time ago. I've never tried it. And I thought, well, how could one do Kill Team, though? Is there a way? And then I thought, actually, yes. Roll 20. Because Roll 20 lets you build your own maps, and you can set up little icons for the characters. And so you could actually improvise...
1: Again, a Kill Team. ...Kill Team via Roll 20. (laughs) cool. (laughs) I just know the uh I know that there was a program that I used to use with a friend of mine back in the day that's how we would test armies before we bought them mm-hmm. but it had a setup to where it had like you would you'd put up a map and you could put terrain on the map and then you would select which army you were playing and you'd put little digital they were basically coins but they were drawn up to look like uh models and then you could change the weapons and it would make a difference on the profile right. of the, the guy. Um but you could play games of 40k with it. Yeah. The problem was is it wasn't officially licensed. <laughs> so the people that were doing it got slammed pretty hard. So anybody who had already downloaded it, you know, they had the stuff, but right. there was no longer anything new coming out. So when new editions came out the new rules weren't programmed mm. in. Uh, new models weren't programmed in. So like, 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 there was there was one point where it got it got nailed right before the Dark Eldar Codex came out. Mm. And so all of the stuff for the Dark Eldar faction was using the like the third edition Codex, yeah, the real old one, which and, I have a copy of still. <laughs> and then the uh, fifth edition Codex. Came out right after that site that, that that company got taken out, or sixth edition, or whichever one that one was. I think it was sixth, then. But uh, so you know, it had a whole bunch of new stuff in the codex that wasn't available before, so they didn't have those models available. So you had to like put something that was a similar profile down and then label it as you know, this is this thing, uh, yeah, and improvisation. And it was it was a fun way to test the models while it was still being supported, but GW saw it as and it, and it was and it was and IP infringement, and so they slammed it. And it just it's unfortunate because something like that would be a really great way to let people test out your game before they buy it. Yeah, and even if you want to make it like a subscription service, yeah, you can as make it long as it's a reasonable service. price um but it also would uh, it also allowed people to play a significant distance from each other or yeah. even play people that like, like, like there, there were there were online forums where people would get on and you know say hey I want to have a game here's my ID and you would send them mm-hmm. you know a, a a game request and so you could play against people across the internet
0: and you know one thing that hypothetically games workshop could do um uh, other than making it a subscription thing is lock all the content and make things unlockable via like a QR code that's in your codex to unlock the rules from the codex and then a QR code on the unit box yeah. for those models. And so because they want to force you to still buy as much of their physical product as they can, well, if they, you know, that's one way to use the tech to encourage sales. Yeah. <laughs> to, to keep people buying physical products, but also give them a digital, yeah, which seems like something that any company in our kind of
1: niche needs to start doing. And it, I, I get where they're coming from in the sense of we're worried about people not playing our game. You know, this is infringing on our intellectual property. This is potentially infringing on our business. I can kind of understand that mindset, but also there's you can't paint models on your computer yeah like like, like the guys on the oh, what was it called the, the the guys on that app were preset to you know, like if you're playing black Templars you had a bunch of dudes that just you know it was a bunch of black space Marines if you wanted to play Dark Angels, it was a bunch of green space Marines you know the, 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 there weren't a lot of options you you just had to you basically selected a color that got put on your whole army and there weren't a whole lot of options beyond you know just a couple of basic things yeah and you don't get the enjoyment of building and painting your own stuff if that's something that you enjoy yeah uh plus there's something to be said having played both there's something to be said about playing a game in person yeah and with the actual models that is not captured in yeah that tabletop game Mm -hmm. there's a lot of like that app was cool, but there was a lot of stuff on that app that did not lend itself well to.
0: Yeah, which would be a similar problem that you would get to something like my idea of trying to improvise a kill team game yeah. through roll twenty or something.
1: Because like one of the things was it was a, it was always a, it was just a top down. Mm-hmm. It was a bird's eye view, two D display. Yep. Which makes it really hard to determine what is blocking line of sight and what is simply obscuring line of sight.
0: Which I think with the more advanced tools that you get, if you actually pay Roll20, you can actually build maps that have differences between those things. And so that wouldn't necessarily be a problem, but you have to build all your maps on your own.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Still, I might try it one of these days. Just, just drive yourself deeper over the edge. <laughs>
0: I, I'm so desperate to get a game in, <laughs> you yeah. know. But um, uh, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next
1: time. Oh, Lip smacking out of the way. Obligatory <laughs> weird noises. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so. <clears throat>
0: Technically, I've got some dwarves lying around somewhere, but <laughs> I don't think the dispossessed really performed terribly well. <laughs> 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 it's got her round up. I don't know, she never does this except when the tornadoes set <laughs>
1: It's not the right day for that.
0: <laughs>
1: <It> was amusing.
0: <laughs> Come on. There. Okay. Is this what you wanted? <laughs> <laughs>